let's go and get started. Uh, to do the, the this will be edited in case uh, I mess up or anything, but we'll start off with the official. My name is Andy Warren, and I am speaking on chocolate milk conversations. So uh, let's open in a word of prayer. I think that's always a good way to get started, and then I'll, I'll see how spiritual you, you are by how loud you say amen. All right, so God, thanks for the opportunity to spend time with you today uh, to learn some maybe some new principles that we haven't uh, heard or applied. Uh, I pray your presence in this room, that we'd be able to uh, laugh a little bit, uh, learn some more, and uh, give you all the credit and all the glory. We thank you for uh, new friendships and opportunities to grow. In Jesus' name, and we all say, yeah. Ooh, okay. I, I am definitely uh, uh, an interactive communicator, uh, so if if something sounds good, amen's always a great way to make me know that it sounds good. So here you go. I like to come on brother. I like that. I had somebody one time just stand and point. That was new to me. I thought, hey, I got you. I'm picking up what you're doing. Okay. So I, I want to talk about chocolate milk conversations today. And But before that, uh, just a, a quick introduction. So again, my name's Andy. Uh, I've been in ministry 25 years. I know. I know I look like I'm about 25, so stop it, stop it. <laughs> so I've been married for 24 years, and we have three incredible children, 21, 19, and 17. And uh, so, yeah, two of them are in college. Uh, I think I took out a third mortgage for that. So that's, that's fun. Uh, we have been at a church called Victory for 10 years now. And uh, Victory is, uh, if you're familiar with the 75, so Toledo, Lima, Dayton. We're just north of Dayton. Uh, Ten years ago, when my wife and I showed up to Victory Church, uh, what we what we started on, it, it's called a church revitalization. Anybody ever heard that term? Okay, so you're familiar with that? It's basically a church plant with no money, is what that is. So I, I showed up, and I'm like, well, well here we go. And so uh, we had 20 people on our first weekend, and uh, there was no no finances, no functional structure. Nobody's having any fun. And I couldn't think of any other F words that were appropriate for that. But it was just, it was, it was challenging. Uh, but here's the one thing that I knew that I had. I had some big faith. And so over the course of 10 years, it's been a, a, a real slow uh, but steady growth. And so this weekend we have four services. So we do Thursday night and we do three on Sunday. And so we'll see about a thousand people attend our church this weekend. And so God is doing something. God's doing something real special in our in our church. And uh, and one of the catalysts behind that have been what I call chocolate milk conversations. So the reason why I do chocolate milk, and yes, I do have some chocolate milk. Um, I got here early, and I didn't put the the thought process into. Um, it's now lukewarm, and. Uh, Nobody likes lukewarm milk, so this will just be a visual today. I will not be sipping it uh, for fear of what might happen. We all, we all been in kids ministry at least a month. Okay, so, but I, I do want to let you know, a uh, big fan of Kroger chocolate milk is uh, number one uh, for restaurants. Bob Evans, uh, UDF is a no go. Uh, Walmart definitely not. Uh, Target's just organics too expensive, and um, but uh, Nesquik. Speedway, $1 for this, and it now includes 23 grams of protein. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you guys some some top ten on chocolate milk in a minute. You'll, you'll be you'll be so blessed. So, why chocolate milk conversations? The first one, chocolate milk. I don't drink coffee. So um, if I do drink coffee, it's got like this much coffee, and then the rest is cream and sugar. Can I get an amen on that? Um, I'll go to Starbucks and order a large. I don't know what the official is it grande or or vente or I just say give me the biggest one. And so I'll ask them how many shots of coffee going to that. Normally it's, it's three, right? I'll say, could you just put one shot of coffee and the rest cream and sugar? You should see the look they give me. But boy, I'm wired. So, <laughs> so I, I don't like coffee, but I love chocolate milk. And so it was, it was kind of a, uh, a, a unique thing to be able to say, hey, meet me for some chocolate milk. It's memorable. And so I do have a top 10. You can tell I used to be a youth pastor. Mark, Mark does this all the time. So top 10 reasons. This it won't be in your notes, so you don't need to worry about this. But uh, to drink chocolate milk, uh, it has electrolytes for hydration, always important. Protein source, muscle repair. Carbohydrates uh, gives you energy. It boosts uh, your uh, uh, your carbohydrate supply, so it gives you more muscle. Uh, low cost. Can I get an amen? There we go. Low cost. Uh, it also tastes better than protein shakes. So. Uh, it's available everywhere, but again, I've told you where not to get them, okay? Uh, it's quick and portable, but they got to invent a way to make it still stay cold after two hours. Um, for some athletes, I like that it, it listed people who cho- drink chocolate milk as an athlete. So for some athletes, um, it's easier to tolerate versus food after a workout. Number two, it replenishes necessary vitamins. And number one, I love this, it tastes great for kids. Wait a minute. Okay, well, um, we are all just big kids. I always say the difference between youth ministry and being a lead pastor is just, I mean, the problems don't really change. It's still money and girls. Uh, just, it's just much more expensive, bankruptcy and divorce. Okay, so you see, so that's really the difference between um, those two things. All right. I have notes for all of us today. Here you go. How you doing? Uh, my name's Andy, by the way. I'm glad you're here. Um, so, chocolate milk, don't like coffee. Why Why the conversations? I don't know if we've realized this or not, but we, we really don't talk to each other anymore. We text, we snap, we tweet, we post. Um, we TikTok. Now, I'm not allowed to TikTok. My 17-year-old said, Dad, please, please don't. Um, I can I can post, I can tweet. I can, I can share some stories on Instagram, but I'm not allowed to snap or TikTok. So I feel like I'm missing out on some things. But we really don't communicate much anymore. And so I, I recently read a book, and, and, one, and, and one of the key things it said was everybody communicates, but few people connect. So powerful. So how do we connect? And, and one of the most important things to do is to literally have a conversation with someone. And so I started inviting people to have a conversation about life, about church, about just what their struggles were. And uh, er- early on in ministry, I had an older minister, and I'll just say this, this is a free one. If you're young in ministry, find an older pastor and just say, what's a, what's a nugget or two that I, can, that I can have from you? And so an older pastor said, Andy, it's been said that 80% of people who visit your church they will get plugged into your church 
if they feel like you'll take the time to connect with them. That's 80%. Why would you not do that? And so now in the, in the Dayton region that I'm in, I'm one of the area leaders. And when I sit down and talk with pastors, I'll say, hey, how many cups of coffee or how many times did you meet with someone last week? And they'll look at me and they'll say, well, I'm, I'm busy preparing a sermon or I'm, I'm, I'm busy doing office work. And, and I want to tell them, well, your sermon is not that good. And the office work doesn't, doesn't you know, it, it can wait. People matter. So I would much rather spend my time with people because I will give you a little secret, whether you teach a Sunday school class, a small group, or you preach a sermon. Uh, people will like your sermons a whole lot more if you spend time with them. Because you're in their corner then. They're like, oh, wasn't the best sermon, but I loved hanging out with him last weekend, so that's a good sermon now. So, all right. Uh, and so when I sit down with people, how many of you know life can be kind of challenging? And most of the people that I sit down with them, with, with them uh, they have a life sucks story. Like, here's what happened. Divorce, bankruptcy, loss, you know, someone, someone hurt them. Uh, and, and I recently heard this, that you can't spell success without suck. Yeah. Somebody. Ah! There you go. All right, so, um, but when I, when I sit down with people, uh, I want to hear their story. Now, the easiest thing to do when you sit down with someone is mirror their emotions. My husband left me. Oh, man, life. My my job downsized me. Oh, my last church. And it's easy to mirror their emotion. So what I try to do when I sit down with people is flip it and go, man, how incredible must God think you are to enable you to go through that? And now you're a part of our church and you're, your test can become a testimony. All, said all the old ministers who have heard that and played that well. Well, okay, we'll move on. So when 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 I when I flip it, what I want to communicate is what we call at our church. It's a victory story. Now, if your church is called Hope, you can call it a hope story. If your church is First Assembly of God, so original, um, you can you can. This is your first step toward a new whatever. Uh, but we call them victory stories, and and people love to share stories of them overcoming and so i, I want to hear who they are so that that turned into a mission for our church to lead people to a new victory in christ to lead people to a new victory in christ so that's where i started developing these conversations so i, I am just uh every day i just want to preach and so uh, i want to walk through a, a bible story with you it's uh, luke chapter 19 you probably already figured that out based on your notes. And so uh, I want to give you a connect story from probably the best connector ever, which which would be what? There you go. Say it loud and proud. All right. I'm going to give you a couple more opportunities to say what you think the obvious answer is, but it is, and it will be Jesus later. Remember when you were teaching Sunday school, you're like, okay, Johnny. All right, this guy got in a boat. And he had faith. Who was it? Jesus. No, it was Noah, but Jesus did get in a boat too. All right. All right. So Luke 19, 1. Jesus enters Jericho, and he's passing through. I like how the Bible, he, he just, he just going, he just passing through. He didn't really have an agenda. He, he wasn't, he wasn't there to meet with anybody in particular, but he's just passing through. And a man named Zacchaeus lived there. 
He's a chief tax collector, was very rich. So on the social ladder in, in society, tax collectors were below dogs. Um, they were very, um, uh, they, they basically they sided with Rome and they enriched their own pockets at the expense of their own people. And so it kind of gives you this picture of somebody who's got a shady uh, uh, career. He's wealthy. And, uh, you know, we, we live in America, so we're 4% of the global population, and everybody else looks at us like we're wealthy. So that's pretty much uh, describing your friends, your social circle. We're, we're wealthy. So Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was. And what I find so interesting is that sinners were interested in Jesus. Let me say it again. Uh, sinners were interested in Jesus. So my question that I like to ask people are you interested in sinners? Jesus would often, here's a good spot for an amen. I love spontaneous amens. Okay. Jesus would often go out of his way to find and use people that we go out of our way to avoid. Think about that. He'll go out of his way to find and then use people that we we tend to, uh, you know what, I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, we had a couple attending our church and uh the pastor actually called uh called the church and he said hey i heard this couple was attending your church and i just wanted to let you know uh some things about them and i said okay man go ahead you know because I, I i they were they were pre-jesus they they were not following jesus and so he said um i just wanted to tell you that they're living together and i said they're probably having sex too and he, and he, you, you could tell his, his tone changed. He's like, well, what do you mean? I said, you mean sinners are acting like sinners? And uh, he said, well, well, yeah, I just wanted to let you know they were going to your church. I said, well, thank you. And so I meet with this couple. And again, they, they're pre-Jesus, but they're interested in our church. And so I'm interested in them. And so I, I talked to them, and, and they great couple. And, and, and through a conversation, uh, I said, um, you guys are getting married. They said, yeah. They, they, they talked. They said, well, would, would you consider uh, officiating our, our wedding? Man, I'd, I'd love to. Now, I do require some premarital conversation. Um, and also, this is a novel idea. Uh, I think if you submit your, your lives to Christ, your marriage would be a whole lot better. Because uh, really, without Christ, your marriage really just invites hell into it and so um so we we walked them through they they accepted jesus as their savior and 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 i wasn't done though so so during our first premarital conversation i said hey now that you're followers of christ this is awesome i said i have kind of an off the wall idea and they're like yeah what's that i said well i know you guys live together and they they they, they shared that financially they couldn't um afford to have each have their own place and I said, I understand that. Uh, are there two bedrooms in this place? And they went, well, yeah. Here's my idea. You really want to honor God. Move out of your bedroom so you each have your own bedroom and no sex until you get married. It was only like four months. The woman, her name's Kinzer, she was like, oh, pastor, that's such a, oh, my gosh. I love that idea. Oh, thank you. Uh, this guy, his name's Josh. He goes, Come on! What? Four months? I said, uh, and uh, so 
they're, they're, now, they're now leaders in our church. Josh's job is he is in sales in our region, and he sits down with about 100 families a week. And part of his sales uh, uh, pitch, I guess you, you, you could say, is that he tells people his new victory story. And he tells people, if you're looking for a church, uh, here's one that will accept you right where you are. But he says, I will let you know they don't want to leave you there. And so I love being able to, to meet people and say, hey, God has a, 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 an opportunity for you. So that's where conversation happens. So Zacchaeus was a short man. He could not see Jesus because of the crowd. So he ran ahead. Should we sing the song? Zacchaeus was. All right, I just want to see how. I just want to see how saved you were. All right. Some of you are like, I, I, I've never heard. How many of you grew up in church? Let me see those hands. You grew up in church. All right, I didn't. So sometimes, like, we're singing songs, and I'm like, my, my wife, she, my, she's very spiritual. She's like, you ever heard this one? I'm like, no. She goes, it's this classic hymn. Tiny. What? I don't know. So uh, Zacchaeus was a wee little man for the Lord he wanted to see, something like that. So you, you've all. Now, that's the, that's the theme song running behind this teaching. So he ran ahead, he climbed a sycamore fig tree. He wanted to see Jesus who was coming along that way. Uh, verse number five, Zacchaeus, or Jesus reached the spot where Zacchaeus was. He looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down at once. I must stay at your house today. Now, now here's the thing that I love about this story. If, if you've heard this story preached probably more times than uh, you can remember, who initiates the conversation with Zacchaeus. There you, see, say it loud and proud one more time. Jesus. See, I told you I would set you up for success because when you leave a message and you help the preacher preach, you feel better about yourself. You're like, man, this would not have been that good without me. So I said, I said Jesus twice. So Jesus initiates the conversation with Zacchaeus. We, we all, whatever role you're in, uh, whether you're, 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 you're teaching whether you're a, a lead communicator, whether you're Sunday school, whether you lead a small group. At, at, I always tell people, you're, you're the pastor at the plant that you work at. You're, 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 the, you're the minister at the office that, that you manage. Um, so Jesus initiates this conversation. I, I've now been saying this for about 20 years, so I think it's one of your feelings. If we want people to show up in our world, we need to show up in their world. By the way, I'll go ahead and acknowledge it's about 99 degrees in this room, so, so it's fine. I took my jacket off. I'm sweating. So if we want people to show up in our world, we should show up in there. So uh, my, my kids are all involved in sports, and, and, and I love um, watching young athletes play. And, and so I was at a basketball game last year, and uh, nothing better than – Junior high basketball. Whew. Uh, Jeremy was actually one of my students and then was a student leader. And I believe that you and I went to like a sixth grade girls basketball game where the final score was four to two. Riveting. <laughs> Riveting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I blocked out that. So I'm at this basketball game. At the end of the game, uh, I saw a, a father with his son and um, his, his boy just balled out. And so I, I want people to compliment my son when he plays well. And, and so 
I just walked up and and literally it was it was just a random hey I just want to let you know man your your son he balled out today hey congrats dad looks like he's got a uh, you know a, a bright future in basketball and and he, he says to me his name's Kurt he said uh you're a pastor aren't you I don't know if you're mad at God uh, I don't know how to I don't know how to answer this one I said yeah yeah I am he goes I've actually heard you know about your church I said oh okay and I said well hey if, if you'd like to and I literally said this to him if you'd like to grab a, a cup of chocolate milk sometime I'd love to well, about two weeks later I get a friend request from this guy this you heard this thing called Facebook it's incredible all right so I get a friend request from this guy named Kurt I'm like could that be the same guy that was and he said hey uh, I, I do want to sit down he said um, we're not going to church I want my family in church and so I, I messaged him and said hey let's meet at this restaurant we'll, we'll, we'll drink some chocolate milk and after that conversation he shows up a couple weeks later to our church he's now leading two of our victory groups uh, and I didn't I didn't realize this which here's how good God is the, the Joker owns his own business and he's one of our best givers at the church now so I'm like, glory, I need a tissue. Wave it. <laughs> but but he, he knows that my, my goal was not to get him to serve and to give. It was to get him to follow Jesus. And so, so, so that's, that's amazing that, that he's now a, an influential person in our congregation. Verse number six, so Zacchaeus came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Imagine Zacchaeus' response. Jesus wants to spend time with me? I've noticed this, that um, people like people who like them. People like people. I, I want to say this. If, if you're a pastor in the room, um, I, I don't want this to sound offensive, but I've noticed that sometimes it's easy to feel this way, especially around 2, 3, 3 o'clock on a Sunday. Um, we like to preach, but sometimes we don't like people. You, you've been there? Okay. That's why I have like a, like from like three to five on Sundays, the most spiritual thing I can do is not answer someone's phone call. You know, this thing called voicemail. And, and I, when I'm done being, you know, tired or, or, or whatever, then I can respond not in my flesh, but by faith and in spirit. So I want to make sure that you like people. People like people who like people. And so Zacchaeus is like, well, come on in. Um, when, when you invite yourself into someone's life, I think it, uh, so Steve Jobs said this, I'm going to invent a product that you don't know you need, but you're going to want it. And we all, we all have it. Okay. We all, all right. Um, anybody got a flip phone? All right. Yes. Listen, you just hold strong. Don't you dare convert. Love that. Steve Jobs said, I'm going to invent a product. You don't know that you need, but you're going to want. So I'm not inventing a product. I'm inviting myself into people's worlds. I'm wanting to give them something that they don't know they need, but they're going to want, which is a relationship not only with Christ, but with the church. Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of what? You could say hell as loud as you said Jesus. Okay, it's not a cuss word. The gates of will not prevail against it when you're a part of the church all of a sudden now you've got this this force behind you and Zacchaeus gets to in, 
entertain Jesus in his home. So he welcomed him gladly. Now, I want to just get a, a little practical with you just so you can kind of see how this, how, how this fleshes out just for a minute. So last year, in 2019, um, I did my best to kind of just do a real quick uh, report. I had about 350 conversations with people in their home at a, at a Bob Evans table at Starbucks at IHOP. Um, I drank. I need to keep track this year. I drank a lot of gallons of chocolate milk. Okay, I just, I did. I, I love it. I love it. Um, and, and so that averaged about seven meetings a week. Think about that. Seven meetings a week over 50 weeks. I do take two off, um, and I hate it. Uh, but, uh, but I thought this year, what if I met with 10 families a week? Well, as I look, that's 500 families in 2020 that I'll get to sit down with hear their story, hear their struggle, then flip it and let them know, man, God must think you're so amazing that he's entrusted you with that trial. He's, he's given you that burden so that you'll have a story of victory because the, I always tell people this, the lesson you learn while you're going through your pain will help you lead others as they endure their own pain. And, and so, now that was free. I should write that down. It's good, it's good stuff right there. I, I have an amen button too when I preach. So if you don't amen, I'll amen myself. And um, I need to remember that for tomorrow. So the number one response I get whenever I ask people, uh, would you like to meet me for a glass of chocolate milk? Number one response, I've never had a pastor invite me for anything. Think about that. Now, in, in whatever role that you're in, again, if you're the manager at an office, if you're a Sunday school teacher, if you're a group leader, if you're a staff pastor, you have a voice. Uh, we have a young staff, and one of the things I try to communicate with them is as soon as you become a, a, a reverend, as soon as you're on staff, as soon as you're a leader, people view you differently because they think you have, uh, it's not true, but they think you have a better connection with God. And you can just tell them, I do, you know, hey, uh, God answers my prayers before he answers yours, but that's fine. What can I pray for you for? So, so when, we, when we meet with people, there's value in that. Someone told me one time, if you read one book on any subject, you know more than 95% of the population on that one subject. So you don't have to feel insecure. You don't have to feel inadequate. You're able to help lead people in that next level of their life. Now, Verse number seven is, is, is the tension part of the story. All the people saw this. They began to whisper among themselves. Uh, that's called gossip. They said, Jesus has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Scandalous. Scandalous. Now, I'm not saying that you frequent where sinners are, but I would hope, again, this, this might, might, might not sound very pastoral, but I would hope that you at least hear some flippant language, maybe some, some, some inappropriate comments in the lobby of your church because sinners are showing up. Um, I did have a, a guy show up a few months back, and uh, it's been recorded, so if we have to edit this part out, I'll deny it, all right? But, but he said, he said, Pastor, that was one hell of a sermon. And I said, man, thank you. And he, then, then he goes, oh. 
can I, can I say that? I'm going, you just did. <laughs> he goes, I'm working on my language. I said, that, that's, I mean, I, I, because when, when, when you're not following Jesus, guess what? You don't act like Jesus. And, and so, but I know none of you ever battle with cussing or on the way home if someone cuts you off, you're going to pray for them. Not, not show them a finger. I got you. I'm still, you're more holy than me. Okay. I don't show them a finger. I'm sorry. Just kidding. Now, in between verse 7 and 8, we're, we're not to add or subtract from the word of God. But in between verse 7 and 8, Jesus must have had an I'm interested in you conversation. He's inside of his home. Now, there's a, there's a really old saying. I think it's a John Maxwell quote. But it says, people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. Man, I, I don't reinvent that. I just repeat it. And um, I, I, I did learn this from uh, Conan Stevens. Um, many of you guys know Conan? Okay. I did learn this. So Conan always gives the author credit the first time. He'll say, John Maxwell said, People don't care how much you know, they know much you care. Then the second time he'll say, I heard it said. Then the third time he'll go, I always say. So now it becomes now it becomes yours. So there, there's a little way to steal things. First guy in heaven was a thief anyway. Okay. So when I when I meet with someone, here, here's just a few things. Remember, people like people who like them. So I ask them, where, where are you from? Did you grow up around here? Um, what what do you what are you interested in? You know, are you, you know, it, it's fun when I sit down with like a, a Michigan fan. <laughs> You're welcome at our church. We welcome all kinds of people. All right, it's fine. Um, uh, you know, if, if they have a different uh, affiliation, Methodist, Baptist, Catholic, I'm telling them, hey, listen, God died for all of us. You know, it's it's it's, it's good. You're, it's not, you, you know, just because you you grew up that way doesn't differentiate. You know? um, why did you come to our church? Why, why did you show up? Now, one of the biggest things, why did you come back? Why, why, what was it? I always equate first-time guests uh, coming to a church like a first date. I had a lot of first dates. I didn't have a lot of second dates, okay? I was a nice guy, and I bought the movie and dinner, and then I'd be like, you know, hey, you want to go out sometime? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll call you. Nobody called, Okay. We have, we have guests that show up at our church, but for some reason, if they come on that second time, ooh, man, I'm like, yeah, let's go get some chocolate milk because they came back. That's huge. Um, the two things I think that sometimes we forget uh, because we, again, devalue uh, our abilities or we minimize our influence is how, how can we as a church help you? How can we as a church help you? I mean, again, whether you're the admin at the church whether you're a, um, a, a janitor, we, we actually, um, our, our church janitor, we, we actually call her our first impression coordinator because who, who likes to show up to work and be called a janitor? So she's our first impression coordinator. So she's over greeting and cleaning. She feels so much better about coming to work. And so this year, uh, in, in her 30-hour work week, this year I told her that 10 of those hours have to be connecting with people and here's your budget i'm giving you 50 bucks a week to go have coffee milkshakes whatever with people because i don't want you to identify yourself as just a janitor you are the first impression coordinator and then i want you to meet with five or seven you know people a month and she's like are you serious so you you can empower somebody in your church what if you gave all of your sunday school teachers 
hey, here's 25 bucks a month. Would you go connect with people? You know, they're going to have a whole lot more buy-in. They're going to have a whole lot more, you know, opportunity to, to grow people. And then the last one that's huge, we just, we miss this. How can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? I pray for people in the middle of Starbucks, in the middle of Walmart, where I'll, I'll see them just for a minute. Like, hey, can I pray for you? And here's the cool thing. It is not a, I'm not a shouter. Man, I, I do wish, though, that I had T.D. Jake's voice. Wouldn't that just be awesome? Just in talking, people would get saved. You know, he, he could probably read a grocery list, and people would be like, I want, I want Jesus, you know. But I don't, I don't shout in the grocery. I just shake their hand and say, God, I pray you give them a good day today. God bless them. I know they're going through something. Uh, two weeks ago, I was at a basketball game, and uh, a parent was, was uh, talking to me and said, hey, my my boy's sick. Uh, he's, I'm hoping he plays tonight. He's been battling the flu. And it was during pregame warm-ups. And so I said, hey, let's go pray for him. He said, what, what? What, dog? Let, what? I said, let's go down. And I said, I'll tell you what, he, he won't even know that we're, nobody else will even know we're praying. He's like, all right. I said, I need you to come with me. And uh, that way we can do it together. So I, I literally just put my arm around him. And I said, Q. I pray that God would heal your body, that you'd play incredible tonight, you'd have energy, and that you would just ball out in Jesus' name, amen. He looked at me and he's like, man, thanks for praying. And he went out and played a pretty good game. But you, you don't have to call down fire, because that's not going to help. But you have influence, you have ability, you have an opportunity to connect, not just communicate. So how can I pray for you? Um, I, I love hearing stories. How many of you are, are history buffs? I'm not either. So, um, but I, I did hear a really cool story. Uh, Abraham Lincoln was was well known for walking to church. Could you imagine uh, our, our? Well, let's, we won't talk about politics. But can you imagine if, if if presidents would just walk to church? What an example that would set. And uh, Abraham Lincoln is walking to church, and he's got his assistant with him. So they go to the church service, and after the church service, his assistant says, um, "Did you did you like the the sermon?" And Abraham Lincoln said, well, it was well-delivered, so good presentation. It was biblical. It was relevant. I could apply it to my life. And so his assistant said, so you like the sermon? And he said, actually, no, he failed. He failed to deliver a good sermon because he didn't ask me to do anything great. Think about that. When we communicate, whether it's at a table, in our youth ministry, in our Sunday school classes, in our groups, even at work, are you asking anybody to do anything great? So I put down there in your notes, just, just for you to write down, what are, what are five great opportunities in your church? Um, I, I did share with you, even just our, the way we approach our church janitor. She, nobody knows that she cleans. Um, they, they know that she connects. They know that she is our first impression coordinator. But that's an opportunity for her to be great. And so look at that. Now, serving is a great opportunity. Uh, the Bible says the greatest among you will be a servant. And so think, think about that. And so Zacchaeus then, in verse number 8, we'll finish it up with this. He stood up and he says, listen in between verse 7 and verse 8. I wonder if in between 7 and 8, Jesus challenges him to do something great. Like Zacchaeus, I, I'm all in if you're all in. Uh, God has a plan for you if you'll if you'll submit to his plan if, if if you'll if you'll buy into what God has you'll never look back so Zacchaeus after that conversation he stands up and he says look 
Here and now, I give half of what I owe to those who are poor. Now, the, the, the historical reference there is he would have been considered justified if he gave 20% back. That, that, that's, the, that's the typical number of, like if, you, if you've wronged somebody, you give them 20% back, you're good with God, and you can go, you know, in peace. He says, I'm giving half, and I will pay back four times the amount that I took. Not just repay the amount. This cat was loaded. Imagine that offering Sunday. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Um, you see, I, I think most people, they, they want to improve their situation in life. Um, but they don't have somebody speak into their life to help them. And I think that's where we come in. Because life with Jesus is better, right? Um, I, I, I'm stealing. We have a missionary in this weekend, and they're from Sweden. And so I'm stealing it because no, nobody knows them from America. So I was like, they have this uh, incredible line. Sundays here make Mondays better. You can write that down and use it in your own church. Sundays here make Mondays better. And I, I love that. We have an opportunity to make everybody's week better as a result of what we've endured, what we've experienced. So the story finishes with this. Zacchaeus, or Jesus said to Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to your home. So Jesus re-identifies Zacchaeus. He tells him, you're no longer uh, viewed this way. I see you this way. He becomes a follower of Jesus. Now, now is where the discipleship process begins. So salvation happens like that. Like, hey, great, I'm saved. And then there's that process of discipleship, which... I think we all know. You ever seen the uh, the awkward six foot two seventh grader? You know, like they grew real fast. And you're like, man, that's nuts. Okay, my son was four foot seven in seventh grade, and now he's six three. Um, he he grew in, you know, through time. There are going to be some believers they grow a lot quicker. Uh, other believers they don't grow. So that sanctification process takes some time. And so, Jesus then gives us one of the greatest quotes. Uh, ministry reminders he says I've come to seek and save that which was lost that's powerful that's a good spot for an amen right now that's our template so here's here's how I want to finish I I think all of us in the room we have these opportunities to say what what could I do to connect with people it might be to the picture look at this Chocolate milk. You see that? Here you go. Hey, see that? See, I'm I'm shameless. All right. Um, so two two years ago, I, I was diagnosed with cancer, and so went through surgery and chemotherapy, and and um, and, and part of my recovery is uh, I wasn't allowed to lift weights because they thought that it would reduce my uh, immune system and would would weaken me, and so I I had asked. Uh, my oncologist, I said, well, for these six months, can I can I just do push-ups? Because I had to do something. You, you've been there. I mean, you got to walk or do something. And, and, and I, I like to be active. And, and she said, yeah, I think I think push-ups will be okay. So I, I, I introduced uh, this this thing to our congregation, prayer and push-ups. Because, and I said, would, would you pray for me? And, and, and would you do push-ups? 
So we're getting everybody in, involved. And I said, if you can't do a legit push-up, do a girl push-up. And that wasn't like to diss girls. It's just a different form. You know, you, you all have seen different push-ups. And so um, people started doing push-ups. People started praying. I was like, man, this is incredible. So I wrote down a few things. Um, what, what if you got a, a, a worship and walking group? All of a sudden, now you're doing life together. It's active. It's also, it, it flows well. A run and read God's word. Hey, let's go run two miles. I hate cardio, but gosh. Um, go, go run a few miles and then read God's word. Um, work out in the word. I do lift and lunch with people all the time. If you sweat with somebody, it's just a different level. Also, you, when, when, when they drip sweat on you, it's bonding. Like, that's right. Thanks for spotting me. All right. Um, coffee conversations. Again, if you don't like chocolate milk, coffee conversations. Hey, I, I, our, our, at our church, we love to have coffee conversations where we can share with you uh, what, what our church believes. Um, we, we often want people's buy-in before they believe. And, and so I, I, I want people to go, hey, you know what? Here's, here's a conversation I can have. And then they're much more open to conversations whether it's spiritual gifting, whether it's uh, generosity, whether it's serving. Now, they don't feel like I want something from them. I'm connecting, not just communicating. Uh, oh, for, for parents, uh, my wife gave me this one, like a play date and pray. Like, let's just, let's just get our kids together um, and, and, and hang out. And then what are some things we could be praying for? So uh, we've, we've got uh, maybe, maybe seven, eight minutes left. Let's do uh, uh, only because it said that I had to. Let's do some Q&A, uh, question and answer. Uh, if you've got any questions of our, our process or any questions of what, what, we, what we do or how I empower my team, um, I'll, I'll entertain those now. Yes. So every, every, you know, you fill connect card out and then you stop by our connect center, give you a coffee cup, um, as long as you fill that out. And then I text everybody on Tuesday or Wednesday. So I don't feel too, like they don't feel like they're being too pressured. You know, like, uh, I don't text them at 1 PM on Sunday, like, man, thank uh, but then if they text back, Hey, I really enjoyed the service. I usually keep it kind of casual where, Hey, if, if you'd like to know more about the church, um, I, I would love to connect with you. Um, what, what I'll typically do is, uh, especially uh, for for each on our staff, if um, if I try to make sure it's with with a couple. Um, so if it's with, like let's say that you, I, I texted you. Um, so my, my wife's on the text, um, but then I would I would say, would you like to meet with somebody on our team and have a conversation? That way, I don't want to create an awkwardness with with you know something like that. So yeah, yeah. Uh, well, this this is the thing. So I remember when uh, when we were smaller. I remember hearing I, I went to a, a, a cohort of leadership, and um, the communicator he was it was very honest and blunt. He said, "Listen, your sermons aren't that good," and I was like, "Appreciate that." He goes, uh, "But if you spend time with people, you'll you'll learn more about them, which will actually help your sermon preparation." Because people love stories. Scripture says Jesus never spoke without telling a story. 
And so now I'll ask people, like I asked uh, Kurt and Josh and Kendra, hey, can I tell your story? Absolutely. They don't know you. Um, so I, I typically, uh, I'd probably say 45, 50 hours a week. Um, so what I, I, have, I have two full days off. Uh, so I typically get to work at 7 and leave at 5. Um, and, but, but throughout the day, I'll, I'll get creative. I'll tell someone, hey, do you have, do you have a, an hour lunch? If I bring lunch to your place of employment, you know, that, that, that'll help. Um, and then they're like, man, you want to buy my lunch? Yeah, sure. So that, that really helps too. Um, three o'clock uh, cough points are incredible because you know at three o'clock your, your, you know, your energy level is dipping. And so people a lot of times, they'll, they'll, they'll be much more open. Um, breakfast is huge too. I mean, so I, so, but what I'll do is I'll typically on Tuesday or Wednesday, um, I'll go 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. and I'll do a, I'll do a breakfast, a brunch, a lunch, a cup of coffee, and a dinner with somebody, and I got five in one day. So you can gear yourself up for that. So if you know, hey, you know what, I'm not going to spend any time with people on Monday because I got six appointments on Tuesday. You can get up for that, and then, and then now I'll text my wife sometimes and go, I have. I have no more words left for this day. That way, when, 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 I, when I walk in the door, she's like, I know you're tired. We'll talk about this tomorrow. And I say, I, I love you so much right now. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mindy? So, it would, it would say... Mindy, thank you so much for being our guest at Victory Church yesterday. My wife and I hope that you enjoyed the worship service. Should you have any questions, please feel free to text one of us back. Now, then once you text back, hey, I had a great time. Thank you so much. Then I'll do, hey, if you'd like to meet with us uh, to learn more about the church, how you can get involved, or if you have any prayer needs, um, we'd love to set that up. Please just let me know. And then it's then you're then you're gone. Um, uh, then I Facebook message, um, and if they don't go from there, then if because some people don't want that, they and, and so we 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 understand that some people just want to come and attend and, and 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 not really get involved. But I make no apologies. One of the things that I, I really model is I have no problem integrating myself into your life. So that's the culture of our church. Only because I've been at churches where. It was not relational at all. And and I want people to know, if you're going to be here, you can't hide. So one of the things that we hear from people is, we love that because we know that you know when we're not here. The other thing, too, is that when you spend time with people, um, you, you learn their hurts, their struggles, and you're then available when cancer shows up, when bankruptcy shows up, and they'll reach out to you. Now, I have had people that, that ghosted me, that did not text back. Three months later, life hits, and, they, and they'll text me. Um, I, I know I visited your church three months ago. My life's falling apart. Would you meet with me? Oh, here we go. All right. Took a while for that fish to get on the line, but let me reel you in and give you Jesus. And then they're gone. Um, I'll, I'll throw another because most people don't turn their read receipts off, so I know they read it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna keep going. I'll throw the the, the social media. It might be a friend request or might be 
uh, just a real casual, hey, we have a new series coming up or a kid's event or, uh, and if they continue to, they probably find another church. Um, it's surprising people don't like my church sometimes. I'm like, wait, what? So that's, that, that helps. But, but we do want to help people find a church that they want to get in and involved with. All right. Any other questions? Well, thanks. Thanks. Uh, I've, I've given you guys the gift of 12 minutes. Um, do I think that's, is that lunchtime? Oh, well, let me pray for our rest of our day. God, thank you so much for the opportunity to uh, meet some new people and to introduce some, some incredible principles of connection. Uh, Lord, again, we, we all communicate, but help us to do uh, just a next level job of connecting with people so that they'll know how much you love them. And I thank you for the opportunity, God, again, just to, to share with each one of us that, God, you loved us first and help us to then go to love other people so that we can be that example of Christ in our everyday lives. In Jesus' name. And we all say amen. amen. Appreciate you guys.